Let's pray. Spirit of truth, gift us and embolden us to use your gifts that we may do greater works even than Jesus the Christ. Hold me up, God, that I might lift you up. Amen. Hear now a reading from 1 Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. There are different spiritual gifts, but the same spirit. And there are different ministries and the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. A demonstration of the spirit is given to each person for the common good. A word of wisdom is given by the spirit to one person, a word of knowledge to another according to the same spirit, faith to still another by the same spirit, gifts of healing to another in the one spirit, performance of miracles to another, prophecy to another, the ability to tell spirits apart from one another, different kinds of tongues to another, and the interpretation of the tongues to another. All these things are produced by the one and same Spirit who gives what they want to each person. In the church, God has appointed first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, the ability to help others, leadership skills, different kinds of tongues. All aren't apostles, are they? All aren't prophets, are they? All aren't teachers, are they? All don't perform miracles, do they? All don't have gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak in different tongues, do they? And all don't interpret, do they? This is the word of God. Brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. The Apostle Paul writes this letter to the newly formed church in Corinth. He's received a letter from that community, and he's heard through the rumor mill that that church is struggling. There's confusion and there's divisiveness over a number of things, but one of those things has to do with spiritual gifts. Paul wants the church to be well informed on the subject of spiritual gifts because not only do spiritual gifts inform how we as individuals are called to serve, but the practice of discerning spiritual gifts and living into them, it's the foundation for how the church is meant to function. The church at Corinth is not functioning gracefully at the moment, and it's going to struggle to be effective in fulfilling its mission until it understands spiritual gifts. It's no less true today. I mean, in our case, many in our congregation, in our church, already serve very faithfully into the gifts that God's given them. I mean, I witness amazing works through this body of Christ all the time. But we, like any church, we have room to grow. We have room to improve. In many churches, there's this 80-20 rule. 
where 20% of the people do 80% of the work or ministry. I think that our percentages are a little better than that. I think many in our congregation know at least one or two of their gifts and are living faithfully into them, but I want to see us grow in that area. And if we're ignorant about spiritual gifts, we will struggle to grow in Christ, both as individuals and as a church, and we will not be as effective as we otherwise might be. We will struggle to further God's mission in the world. The mission that Jesus worked tirelessly and faithfully toward throughout his entire ministry. So for the next three weeks, we're going to learn about spiritual gifts. Our learning is based largely on the book Serving from the Heart, Finding Your Gifts and Talents for Service. I think there's a slide for that. Is there not? Hmm, okay. Thank you. Anyway, the book is written by Carol Cartmill and Yvonne Gentile. We're going to learn what spiritual gifts are. We're going to learn who gets them, how we get them, why they're important, how we know that we have them, how we figure out what our particular gifts are, and how, in a very particular and concrete sense, can we use those gifts faithfully. The hope is that by the end of these three weeks, we will all have taken the time to, at the very least, begin to discern what our particular spiritual gifts are and how best to use them in our community. I hope that by the end of this series, we will all grow toward more effectively serving God from the heart and experiencing the joy that comes from doing what we were created to do. The church at Corinth is not experiencing a whole lot of joy at the moment. Discerning and claiming spiritual gifts has become a competitive sport for them. They have ranked the variety of gifts, and they've credited to those who claim to have received the greater gifts more power and authority than others. I mean, y'all, it is so human, isn't it? That is so us. We can create a hierarchy out of just about anything. They had completely lost sight of the fact that spiritual gifts were intentionally varied and that we need every single one of them for the common good. Spiritual gifts are meant to benefit and unify the whole community in its faithful service to God as Christ's body. It's not meant to set individuals apart. It was a complete mess. The book, Serving from the Heart, defines spiritual gifts this way. Spiritual gifts are special, divine abilities given to every Christian by the grace of God, through the Holy Spirit, to be used to serve and strengthen one another and to glorify God. According to John's Gospel, that was the whole purpose of Jesus' life and ministry to glorify God. And using the gifts that he was given, that's exactly what he did. And when he knew that his time had come, when he knew that he would soon die and leave this world, he set his disciples up to carry on his work in his absence. John's Gospel recounts Jesus' farewell speech to the disciples shortly before his crucifixion. He spends a lot of time preparing the disciples for his death, but also 
More importantly, preparing his disciples to live without him while continuing the work that Jesus had begun. I assure you, Jesus says in the 14th chapter, that whoever believes in me will do the works I do. They will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. Jesus has just finished telling the disciples that the works he does are the works of the Father in whom he dwells. And soon it will be up to them. The disciples are the ones who will carry on the work of the Father in Jesus' absence. They are to become his presence in the world, his body, doing even greater works than Jesus. No pressure. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking, but my first thought is, are you kidding me? I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I could teach. Maybe I could even preach, but not with near the wisdom and authority of Jesus. But healing? Miracles? Y'all, I tried to walk on water once. I almost drowned. I mean, I imagine those first disciples, and certainly many in the Corinthian church, manufactured all kinds of objections to the notion of doing the works of Jesus. Objections that I know I have, and I imagine many of us have manufactured also in fear. Things like, I'm not qualified to serve God. I couldn't possibly have an impact. Serving God is a duty. It's not supposed to be fun. You shouldn't enjoy it. I mean, didn't Jesus say, deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me? There are so many people, I'll never be missed. They don't really need me. And my favorite, that's the pastor's job. And some people have had negative experiences serving. I mean, maybe they felt obligated to serve in an area where they just aren't gifted. And as a result, they weren't successful. None of us like to fail, right? Or it felt like drudgery to them. Or maybe there was a person who took on way more than any one person should take on, and they got completely burned out. The very first time that I served on a vacation Bible school team, I was the craft lady. I was new to the church, and I'd volunteered late in the game, and um, they did not know me. This is not my gift, y'all. <laughs> I am not crafty at all. I made it through and no children were harmed, thankfully. But the experience filled me with anxiety, not joy. By the following year, the church had learned that one of my gifts is drama. And I'd learned that there was a need for that in Vacation Bible School, and ever since, that's been my role in VBS, and I love it. I cannot wait every single year to serve in that role. It is so much fun for me. When we serve into our gifts, it truly is a joy. And God equips us. God equips us to serve in a way that will bring us joy and meet the needs of the community by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Don't worry, Jesus says to his disciples. Don't worry, I will ask the Father and he will send another companion who will be with you forever. This companion is the spirit of truth. And this spirit will both remind you of everything I've taught you and will continue to teach and equip you throughout your life and ministry. And Paul reminds the Corinthians, there are many, many, many gifts, but only one spirit. There are many different spiritual gifts and there are many different ministries and activities for which your gifts can be put into very good and effective and faithful use, all to serve the one God. And we best serve God when we honor and celebrate and value each and every person's gifts as divinely gifted and equally important in the work that we're all called as a community to do. Right in the middle of today's reading, the chunk that we didn't read today, Paul makes the analogy that we, the church, are Christ's body. And just like our physical bodies, each and every part is essential if we are to function fully and in good health. They're not so sure about the appendix. But every single part is equally important, even the parts that we sometimes wonder about. About 12 years ago, I had a bunion removed from my left big toe. The surgery included breaking the toe to realign the bone, and there was a screw that was inserted to hold it all in place. I came home from the surgery center with a cast on my left foot, which I wore for weeks as I healed. Y'all, it hurt. It hurt really bad. It still gives me chills to think about how that felt in the first couple of days. For the first at least several days, I don't know, maybe it was a week. It all runs together, I was on drugs at the time. I was in bed with my leg elevated on a pillow. I had to have help to get up out of the bed to go to the restroom, and that was the only time I was allowed to get up. And it was hard for me to sleep because I sleep on my side and I had to have help when I turned over because all the pillows had to be readjusted. Michaela and Zay were both under the age of five. My mom and James's mom, they both came and took turns trying to help out. James did what he could when he was at home. He probably tried to be away from home quite a bit. <laughs> Y'all, I'm not a great patient. I have no patience. I get really irritable when I can't have what I want right now and get what I want to get and do what I want to do. I was completely useless during this period of time. Every single other part of my body worked perfectly. But for that first week, I was totally crippled because one of my big toes had been taken out of commission. Carol Cartmill and Yvonne Gentile in their book, Serving from the Heart, they ground all of their work in four scriptural truths. Each of us is uniquely created by God each of us has been given significant gifts by God, and each of us has a divinely ordained plan and purpose for our lives, 
And each of us has been called to serve and glorify God. Paul reminds the Corinthians of these truths. Jesus teaches his disciples these truths. And the companion that Jesus sent, the spirit of truth, reminds us of these truths and equips us and empowers us to live into these truths. I encourage you to discern your spiritual gifts so that you can live faithfully, so that you can glorify God, but also so that you can experience the deep joy of living into the purpose that you have been uniquely given by God. Today and for the next two weeks, there will be a workshop in the gym led by Katie Ruback, where you can learn more about your spiritual gifts. You can begin to discover what they are. You can begin to discern what your divine purpose is that God's given you. And on September 30th, on the third week of this series, we're also going to have a ministries fair called Ministry Link, where you can then link the gifts and the talents and the passions and the resources that you have with very particular and specific ministry opportunities within the church. We're also having a potluck that day, so there'll be food. Y'all, I look forward to serving Christ with y'all, to continuing to serve Christ as his body fully functioning and in good health together, doing even greater works than Jesus to glorify the one and only and very good God. Amen.